Hey everyone, happy Tuesday, October 25th. For today's episode, it is a special crossover edition with Jess Balmasto of Locked on Flames that came up very last minute. So I'm gonna, we're going to preview the big game on Tuesday night at the Scotiabank Saddledome between the Penguins and the Flames. The Penguins badly needing a win after choking that 3-1 to lead to the Oilers on Monday night. I'm also going to go over some of my observations from that game, go into what went wrong for the Penguins who played well versus who didn't, what the Penguins need to do to get back on track, some keys to win, and obviously a prediction as well. So that's all coming up after this drop, a full crossover edition with Jess Balmasto of Locked on Flames. Your Locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Locked On Flames. Today, I am joined by Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins, and we are going to break down the season so far, preview the game, and, of course, give you our predictions. You can follow the show at Locked On, where or LO underscore flames pod on Twitter. And of course, uh, you can subscribe to us on YouTube as well as anywhere you get your podcasts. Hunter, how are you doing? I'm good. You know, the Penguins didn't have a good game on Monday night against the Oilers. They had played a good 20 minutes before they got blown out of the water in the final 40. That was their first regulation loss of the year. But, you know, we'll see if they can get it back tonight against um, the Flames at the Saddle Dome. I always love this road trip and um, outside of that, you know, I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing with the time zone difference? I honestly don't mind. You know, I'm someone, again, I love the Western Canada road trip. I think it's great. I love late night hockey, the California road trip, mm-hmm. always goaded as well. Um, when you when you start a game at 9 o'clock, it goes to 1130, sometimes midnight. That's fine with me. Ain't no problems, as Shannon Sharp says. Um, I'm a late night owl. I'll stay up till 12, 1230, 1 a.m. most nights. Um, either just you know, playing video games or getting some content out. So I don't mind it at all. I love this road trip. You're playing some really good teams. The Penguins just found out against the Oilers, and they're going to play another really good team again in the Flames uh, tonight as they try to bounce back. So you mentioned that um, it was their first regulation loss. <laughs> What's been going right for the Penguins so far this season? Yeah, I mean, they're scoring a lot of goals. You know, in all four of their wins, they have six goals. Um, it's crazy going into last night for their first five games, they scored 24 goals. So wow. uh, they've, they've been, uh, kicking butt and taking names so far. Um, but you know, they just haven't played some consistent periods in some of these games. They've been able to score, but you know, it hasn't been as consistent or the level of play hasn't been as consistent. You know, they go up two one against the Oilers. It's looking good. You go up three, one against them. It's like, okay, it's even better. But then they just took the foot off the gas, the gas pedal, and then the Oilers just steamrolled them the rest of that game. Those last third, well, 30, 35 minutes, I will yeah. say. Um, and this is an Oilers team that had their number last year. They beat them twice in regulation. This is a, usually the Penguins play the Oilers really well, but they've lost uh, at least three times in a row against them now. But, you know, they're getting scoring from all over the lineup. Sidney Crosby is showing why he's still a top five player in the league. Evgeny Malkin's been incredible. Chris Tang's had mostly good games of the last couple. Hasn't been at his normal, you know, uh, what we would expect, I would say, from Chris Tang. But, 
you know, the goaltending as well. I think that's been a big story. Tristan Jari has played at a Vesna caliber level level going, excuse me, going into last night. He had a 941 save percentage in his first four appearances, about a two goals, uh, two goals against average, top five in goal saved above expected. He is playing like an elite goalie right now, just was left out to dry in that game against Edmonton. Tonight, they'll be going with Casey DeSmith, who had a really good outing against Montreal. He'll try to play at that level again for the Penguins. But, you know, even the depth, I think that's been mostly pretty decent so far. You have Carter scoring a couple. Josh Archibald got his first goal against Columbus. Ryan Paling got one. Brock McGinn got one. So everything just seems to be gelling really well right now. It's all about, you know, can they put full 60-minute performances together after that game against Edmonton and even against Columbus and Los Angeles. They got outplayed for at least a period in those games, but they were able to flip the switch, as some would say. So I guess the big thing for me is can they flip that switch for a whole game and not take periods off? That sounds very familiar uh, here at Locked On Flames. I think that is definitely one of the Flames' uh, biggest problems is either taking their foot off the gas too early or not applying enough pressure or applying too much pressure and then kind of fizzling out for the second period because they don't have the stamina and then coming back strong in the third. But I, for the Flames, one of their biggest things right now is not being able to get uh, the top line going on 5v5. On the, even strength, it's just – it's not – it's not clicking, I guess. And Jonathan Huberto still looking for his first goal. And, you know, Tyler Toffoli has proved me wrong. I said that, you know, he might be a little bit weaker on that top line. And he's proved me wrong. He had an overtime winner against Carolina the other night. And, you know, I think that um, once they kind of get things going at even strength, this team will be even more of a powerhouse. Yeah, you know, when I look at the Flames lineup and, you know, credit to the Flames and Brad for living for, you know, okay, we're going to go lose Johnny Goudreau. We're going to go lose Matthew Kachuk. We're going to tank, right? Nope. He's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go out and go and get Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weger, and Nazem Kadri. And we're going to go out and compete in a weak Pacific division. And so far, um, I think you guys are doing a pretty good job of that. And, you know, Huberdeau, Lindholm to full. I mean, that, that top line is – on paper, very, very good. And mm-hmm. honestly, knowing the Penguins' luck, I'm sure Huberto will probably get his first tonight against them. But you, you go down, Kadri's on your second line. I know Manjapani is your guy, Jess, oh, just because how his, she had a shooting percentage blender last year when I think he shot 20%, if, if that. It's like a career high. I don't know if he'll ever get that high again. But He's something. He, he, he had a really good year. You know, you go below that. Backland is a player that I've always liked going back to like 2014. Blake Coleman, Trevor Lewis. I forgot on honestly that Milan Lucic is there still. <laughs> um, you know, this is it's a deep team. Yeah. And I think Bachelor Living deserves a lot of credit for that. And defensively, Uyghur and Chris Tanev, and I thought Chris Tanev was honestly washed going into last season, turns in one of his best seasons of his yeah. life. Yeah. So, what what have what have you noticed from some of the new players not named Huberto so far, like like a Kadri, like a Uyghur? Like have they been as advertised? Yeah, you know, I think that with Kadri, especially, you're getting that he's all over the ice. He is someone who can play that two hundred foot game in a way that um, 
you know, you might hate him if you're the opponent, but you'd kill to have him on your team. I think that he is someone who can find the back of the net, who can make plays, who can, who has a strong forecheck, who can apply pressure when it's needed and give you that clutch ability to get, again, to score. And Mackenzie Weger, I was so excited to have him uh, part of that trade package for Matthew Kachuk because, number one, he is a strong defenseman. I think that the Flames' defense was strong last year, but it gets even stronger with him. And he's he's a tough kid. He's a tough guy to play. And, you know, if, you know, he drops the gloves, you you know, I think that's that's a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, he is a great offensive presence as well. Yeah, Uyghur, he was always considered underrated. I thought when he was in Florida, you know, playing with Ekblad, I don't think he carried that pairing for sure. Ekblad, when he's healthy, he's one of the best right. in the league. But, you know, when he wasn't on that pairing, you could definitely see that um, Ekblad wasn't the same player at times, though Gustav Forsling was able to help out when he came up. But, you know, even below that, you know, Hannafin has turned into a really good player. Anderson, Nikita Zadorov, Michael Stone. Um, I, I really like this team. And then when you have Jacob Markstrom and Nett, I think that's, you know, he's one of the better goalies in the league. He was great last season. Um, so far this season, just overall, like numbers-wise, eye test-wise, what, what have you seen from them, you know, that's positive and what have you seen that's negative? Yeah, you know, I think that for them, they are definitely, definitely getting better on special teams all around. I think that um, they they had a brutal, brutal um, preseason with special teams. And, you know, it forced a real emphasis on them and to really tighten those up. But I want to see, I, I just want to see more scoring. And I want to see, just just shoot the puck just find find a way even if you don't think you're gonna get it just get it just try it you never know and I think goaltending wise I I don't know what it is about Rasmus Anderson and deflecting shots but he has forced I think like three goals just that he's just been in the way for for Markstrom and it's or uh, a brutal turnover from Dylan Dubé in the neutral zone, anything really. Um, I think that they're still kind of shaking off the off season and that, you know, that really late run in in June. So I think that they, they're waking back up, but I think that they're, you know, it's the end of October. They have, I think this is their sixth game under their belt. So They'll, they'll be fine. At the end of the day, we haven't even reached Halloween yet. They, they, right. This month for playoff teams, everyone people like to freak out over some games and stuff. These teams, they know what it takes to really right. flip the switch and get going. Like for the Penguins, people they freaked out when they lost to Montreal about last week, right? And people were like, "Well, you know, this could be a bad sign for the rest of the season." I'm like, "It's, it's Game fun. Three. This team always wakes up." December, January, February, and then they right. know how to play in the playoffs. And I think the Flames, it's a veteran group there. You just added a Stanley Cup winner in Nazem Kadri, who knows what he's doing, obviously. You have Huberdeau, who's made the playoffs numerous times. Blake Coleman also has a couple Stanley Cup rings. Yeah. Like I, I think they know what it takes to really 
just get going here. Absolutely. And I think you're absolutely right when it comes to teams waking up a little bit later than others. Um, what has been kind of your red flags surrounding uh, Pittsburgh? If And then what are, the, what are the good things happening there? I think, I guess, red flags. Some of the special teams at times has been, oh, you know, all right, the penalty kill. It's been good. It's been good in spurts, but also kind of mixed in with some bad stuff. Um, some sometimes they haven't gotten the bounces, which is fine. But I think other times they just haven't. You know, they're not being as of, as aggressive at the point, like because they they kind of run like a diamond structure. They have one yeah. at the top. They have the other three kind of like in a triangle are protecting the slot because they don't want the high danger chances to go in and they want to make it as easy as possible for Tristan Jari to stop the puck. But when that top guy is not pressuring the puck carrier at the point, it makes it that much easier for them to get around that diamond. And then, you know, they're giving up goals left and right. And um, I just feel like they're, they've still been passive at times with that. The top power play been a little more inconsistent these last couple of games. I think the second unit's honestly been a bit better than the first one, which is usually not the case just because the first unit has all the world-class talent on it. But I think with that top unit, I get a little pass happy and it's just, you know, the zone entries are, eh, they, there's some shorthanded breakaways and it's all just, it doesn't, it's not going according to plan. So I guess those are, I guess, total red flags, but they're areas that I want to see improved. I still want another forward to the bottom six, even when they're fully healthy. I think they're still a little bit short there. Everything else I think has been great. You know, the top six is playing very well. I think Kasperi Kapanen's having a really strong bounce back here. He's only has one goal, but he's mm -hmm. been at a point per game pace, which is something that I didn't expect him to coming into this year. The Pedersen Petrie pairing has been awesome. Um, Petrie kind of a little bit of a rough game against Edmonton, but I think for the most part, I'm liking how he's playing. I think defensively overall, I think all six are mostly playing fine. I, I'm a little hesitant on Brian Doolin because he did play really bad against Edmonton. He got absolutely schooled by Leon Drysaddle, and I understand Leon was <laughs> a top ten player in the league. But you know, he made a decision to he had so much room to skate up the ice, and then just fires a stupid pass, and then Drysaddle comes back the other way, absolutely deeks him out of his skates, and the puck's in the back of the net. And it's just like, you know. I just don't want to see that from him, especially when he's in a contract year. I think he's kind of been skating in mud for the last, I, I guess the full season at most part, you know, five on five, his metrics aren't too terrible, but I, you know, away from that, it's just, it's not the same. And he just hasn't been the same player on the last year or two. I think just mainly because of injuries, but also just because he's getting older. And right, right now I, I'm not extending him. That's for sure. So I guess those are the main areas of concern that I have for the Penguins and the areas that I'm really thrilled with them so far. Yeah. And, you know, I think the second half of a back-to-back -back in on a Western Canadian road trip is going to be a little bit hard for them. But we do have our game preview coming up next. But first, I did just want to take a second to talk to you about our next partner, uh, AG1. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day, and I started taking AG1 because I have a horrible stomach. I have just horrible digestive problems, and AG1 has definitely helped with <laughs> digestion, energy, simplicity, and getting all of my high-quality minerals and vitamins in 
just one simple scoop. It's lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free or gluten-free, this is perfect for you. And Athletic Greens was created with when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover, and it cost him nearly $100 a day. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with the convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash locked on NHL to NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you all for tuning in to Locked On Flames. As always, you can check out Locked On Penguins as well while you're here and or when you're done here. Um, Hunter, the, I think both of these teams have an issue with playing a complete game. You know, the full 60 minutes is required when you are playing <laughs> hockey. That is just kind of the bare minimum here. Um, where do you think the Penguins struggle most? Is it coming out with, you know, not enough energy? Is it coming out with too much and then they, you know, overexert themselves and then take a break? What's, what have you noticed if there's a trend at all? It's funny you say that, you know, last night, I think they came out with a lot of energy and, you know, great friend of the show, Jesse Marshall, his big thing is, you know, we do the vibe check after the first five, 10 minutes, usually about 90% of the time, you know how the game was going to go at yeah. that point. And the Penguins were forechecking really well against the Oilers. They were peppering Jack Campbell. They put up 20 shots in the first period against him. And, you know, the first five minutes of the second period were good. And then they just got waxed. And it looked like they maybe overexerted themselves. They couldn't get the puck back on their stick. I don't even think they could string together two passes from deep, going from defense to offense after that. It was that bad for the Penguins. And Mike Sullivan was very upset after the game he said yeah we're not taking care of the puck right now it's something that's got to change you know even if it's the sixth game out of 82 when he's upset like that you 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 know the players are going to hear it in the locker room and i'm sure he had multiple conversations with them you know during the game and then after the game but before that you know against montreal and columbus and los angeles they've come out flat in the first periods haven't been really too kind to them but then they're able to i guess settle in have good second periods and they've been able to carry the play for the rest of the game. So it's kind of just been, you know, something different. I shouldn't say each time, but I guess three games, it was the same thing. And then it would change to something different. So you're right. They do need to just be more consistent with that. Got to play full 60 minutes, especially against a team like the flames. Daryl Sutter is a great coach. He's going to have his team ready to play. It's not going to be, I guess, high event hockey just because that's how he coaches his teams. But, you know, you, you know what you're going to expect, a 2-1, a 3-2 game. That's the kind of hockey that Daryl Sutter likes. But I want to see the Penguins come out with a little bit more, you know, speeds. And I want to see them come out the way they played last night, I should say. But I want to see them, you know, be able to contain that speed and that energy for the rest of the game. It's easier said than done because you are on a back-to-back. It's the Western Canada road trip. It's very hard on a team from the East coast, but you know, it's a team that they, they need to 
they, of course, my dog comes in right, right as I'm finishing what I'm saying. But no, no, it's it's okay. Thrawn, Thrawn, he's just hanging out over here. Um, but you know, I, I want to see what they can do, you know, for this back to back and just come out that energy because it's easy to be gassed. But hopefully, you know, yeah, they don't look the way they did in the second and third periods against Edmonton. Absolutely, and you know, I think with the. <laughs> What a cute dog. He's having fun. He's having a blast. And now yes. he's just like, okay, I'm done. Come here, buddy. You can be in the show. <laughs> With the Flames, I feel like it definitely does depend on who they're playing. And they've been off since Saturday. So I feel like, or I guess <laughs> Friday, they finished their game Friday night. Or was it Saturday? I don't know. It was, it was Saturday. I lied. Um, but they played Saturday and... They've had a few days off, and I think that they'll they'll be well rested. But with that rest comes the fear of not playing at that great level mm -hmm. and kind of coming out slow. And you know, uh, Brett Ritchie has been playing very, very weird hockey he's scored two goals so far this season but he's also found himself benched uh him and kevin rooney in the third period i believe it was the game against buffalo actually and i think with the flames you do have to worry about them having a flat middle period i think their second period is just something where they're either cranked up to a hundred percent or you're getting the bare minimum uh, they they had a really good second period against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes on Saturday, but at the same time, they played like garbage against Buffalo. So when, when you go into a game and expect to win or, you know, maybe the bar is lowered because it is the second half of a back-to-back -back or it's a draft lottery team that you're playing, I think that – you know, with that mentality, you're not going to be playing close to 100%. <clears throat> and they have to go at this and realize that the Penguins are still a competitive team, regardless of if it's a second half of a back-to-back -back or you've had equal amount of rest. And I was praising, uh, you know, the longevity of the Penguins on yesterday's show because, you know, the last Stanley Cup they won was the year I started covering hockey a lot closer. And I jokingly said, oh, well, like, it's me. I'm the problem here for them. But at the same time, they have had such a great roster through the years. And I think that's something that a lot of teams have started to emulate. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's crazy 17 years in a row that three players have played together. It's tied for the longest in North American sports. They're going to break that record <clears throat> next year, and it'll probably reach 20 when it's all said and done, which is crazy because at that point I'll be almost 30, and uh, they'll start playing with each other when I was like only seven or eight. So that's just oh makes me feel old, that, that's to say the least. Yeah. Um, that's a nice, um, nice reminder. <laughs> no, I know, but but yeah, like you you made a point about the second half of the back to back with how they're being competitive. Yeah, I mean this team is going to come out, I think, fired up. They're going to be upset after how they lost that game because when I was looking at that game against the Oilers, <clears throat> excuse me, I was like, okay, if you can keep this lead here, 
get the two points. I really wouldn't mind if you lose to the Flames because that's a really good team. Obviously, I want them, you know, I think most fans want them to win each of their games, but that's not going to happen. You're not going to go 81 and 0 and 0 or 81 and 0 and 1, excuse me. But the fact that they lost that game, especially in regulation, looked bad in those last couple of periods. They're going to come out and be really upset tonight. I would not be surprised if they do put together a really good effort. Though, again, it's going to be hard going up against a rested Flames team because, you know, they, they still have good underlying numbers. If you go to natural stat trick at 5v5, I mean, 53% of the shot attempts for them at uh, even strength, 52% of the expected goals, 51% of the scoring chances. Yeah, it's a solid team. Like, and it's that's a usually Daryl Sutter teams have good underlines. Great in Los Angeles. Good last year. It hasn't changed this year. So um, this is going to be an even tougher game for the Penguins to win. Um, and, you know, I, I pray for how the fan base will react if they do. That's, that's what I'll say. Yeah. And, you know, I I do always worry about people overreacting. And especially when it is this early in the season. I, I don't want people going into tonight on either side thinking, like, it's the end of the world. It. If you lose, I think it's, you know, again, it's a lot easier to have that tough streak in December and January after a few, few good wins in October. And I, I just, it doesn't, it's, every point matters, of course, but it, it's not going to knock you out of the playoffs if you just lose. No, no, yeah. And we, we discussed that just a couple of minutes ago. These games, you haven't reached Halloween yet. You know, you can start freaking out if you're kind of out of the race, maybe by December, Thanksgiving. Maybe even by then, it's still a little bit early, too. Right, you still have to Like last year, they started out a bit slow just because of COVID, but they also had Sid and Gino out for the first few weeks of the season. But the depth was able to keep them in it. I believe they were 9-8-4 and and at one point, like fifth or sixth in the Metro, and everyone's like, oh, my God, they're below 500. They get some guys back. They went on, I think it was in December or something like that, or maybe November, they, they go on on like a, a six to seven game winning streak. And I'm like, well, got 10, 12, 14 points in a row here. They're right back in the top three in the Metro where they would not come out of for the rest of the season. So, right. you know, most of the fans, I think, in this fan base, they've seen a lot of hockey mm-hmm. over the years. They know what to expect from a two-game season. If they lose tonight, yeah, it'll be annoying. You don't get any points in this back-to-back. But you also have to realize that you'd still be four and two and one. You have points in five of the seven games. And the fact would be you have two games coming up later in the week against two teams who have really struggled this year, especially Vancouver. That team is a mess, to say the least. 0-5-2, Seattle, a little bit better, but I'm still not a really big believer. And the Kraken, the Penguins went 1-0-1 against them last year. So I'm not really too concerned as of right now. Yeah, and I think that's a good place to be, especially, you know, when you do go into this and you're playing Vancouver and I just feel very bad for everyone who spends money to go watch them. That is unfortunate. They should be paying you to watch them. But coming up next, we are going to talk about our predictions and we are going to just wrap up the show with some fun And thank you so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate the fans here at Locked on Flames and Locked on Penguins. Um, You know, fans make this possible for us. So thank you. I, this is the second time 
the Flames have played a very good team on the second half of a back-to-back this season. They started their season against the Avalanche, um, who had their opening night and then flew north through the Rockies uh, to Calgary. And then now they're playing the Penguins. And I think, like you mentioned, the Penguins are going to come out angry. They're going to come out hungry. They want to win. Uh, Jacob Markstrom's in net tonight. So he's kind of... He had the Penguins number last year. He kicked their butts in both games. So yeah, um, and he, but he's had a shaky start to the season, mm-hmm. and people are acting like it's the end of the world. He still has fine numbers. They're just not his Vesna caliber numbers. I think he has a two nine uh, save per, or sorry goals against average and a save percentage of like nine, like low nines. But again. It is October 25th. It's October 25th, people. It's going to be okay. Um, You know, I think this will be a fun uh, offensively driven game for both teams. Hope everyone Uh, takes me over. (laughs) Yeah, right? I think um, anytime, like, I watch a game with the Penguins or – um, two really highly competitive playoff teams. I It just gives me the vibes of, like, anything you can do, I can do better. And it's just going back and forth until the final minute. So I'm going to say that this is going to be a 4-2 game, 4-3 game, rather, in regulation. It will be the Flames. I, I figured. Um, I usually don't take the Penguins to win. I did when I was on with Jay of Locked on Blue Jackets. That's that was a great crossover as well. <clears throat> and they actually won. They won. I said, I think I said three to two. They won six to three. So I got the three right for Columbus, but the sixth, uh, you know, didn't get it right for the Penguins. Um, I also think it's going to be a high scoring game. I'm going to go. You know, I, I'm actually going to go like five four or something tonight. I think it's going to. You're not going to see a total Daryl Sutter type game. He's probably not going to like this. But as I said, I think everyone should take the over. I think the Penguins are going to come out wanting to score a lot of goals tonight. I know, buddy. It's okay. Oh. I know, he's he, Thrawny's here. He's he's ready for the game as well. But I think it's going to be five four game. I think the Penguins are going to come out and score more goals tonight. I think Casey DeSmith is going to have a decent outing. He's going to do just enough for the Penguins to get this win, and I think they will bounce back just because I think Mike Sullivan was not happy with the way they played against the Oilers. <clears throat> he basically roasted his team to the media after the game. I mean, he wasn't fuming, but based on his answers, when he was asked about, you know, controlling the puck and the, the turnovers, um, he was not happy to say the that. fundamentals. I think that that's where a lot of teams really get caught up and think that they can just outsmart what makes the game, the game. And that's kind of, but an issue for the flames too, because I feel like sometimes when they're gliding through the neutral zone, it just falls apart. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially if they are uh, going into the defensive zone. So we'll have to see what tonight brings. I feel like if you're watching the flames, you always have to bet the over uh, because they just find a way to, to just take it and run with it. Um, but yeah, so that will do it for me for today's show. Hunter, do you have anything you would like to add? 
no, I think that's basically it. Obviously, there'll be no Jake Gensel again tonight. He's still battling his injury. I think he'll be back hopefully by the end of the week. Teddy Bluger is still going to be out for the next week or two, so they're slow down a couple regulars. Would not be surprised if maybe Drake Kajula comes out tonight for Sam Poulin so he can make his NHL debut. Um, otherwise, I think you'll probably see the same lineup. Yeah. Tonight, outside of the, the goaltending, I think he, obviously Casey DeSmith will start. Had a great preseason. Had, was only was the main reason why the Penguins were in position to win that game against Montreal. And you know, I would look to him just to have a pretty similar performance tonight. He's playing at a really high level right now as a backup. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, something to look out for for the Flames tonight would absolutely be uh, Nazem Kadri and Elias Lindholm swapping lines at some point, especially if the Flames find themselves trailing. That seems to be something that Daryl Sutter is starting, and I think that he might have something in the works there. So. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to today's episode. You can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. You can find Locked on Flames wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we're available on YouTube as well. Come hang out. Uh, answer the question of the day that we pinned in the comments, and I look forward to watching. Um, definitely a playoff vibe feel, even though it's two different conferences. I would stay, I would say Stanley Cup, but... I feel like it's still too early to declare Just either a of these bit. teams. You know, it's not like we've said a million times this episode. It's not even Halloween, but it will be next Monday. So thank you all. And Hunter, where can people find you? Yeah. Um, for all you Flames fans that want to get anything regarding the Pittsburgh Penguins, you can check out my podcast, wherever you get your podcast, my Twitter is at Hunter Hodes. My profile picture right now is Connor McDavid because I lost a bet to my friend. He was going to send me some money if uh, the Penguins had won, but see, he said for me, you had to put a Connor McDavid one up there. That's going to change at nine o'clock tonight. Um, <laughs> and then my show's Twitter is at LO underscore Penguins. Um, and yeah, excited for this one. Love when these two teams play. And they had some pretty, pretty good games last year. I think one went, nine, 10 rounds in a shootout and Markstrom was and Jari were just trading saves with each other. The other one, the, the flames, I think blew them out of the water in Pittsburgh. So really excited to see how this goes. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, definitely hang out with us on Twitter and we will catch you tomorrow uh, and online on Twitter because both of us are terminally online.